Hi everybody, it's Ben Thompson here. Welcome to the Import Export Podcast. Today we're talking about international payments between suppliers and buyers that are shipping products around the world and how shippers can manage their foreign exchange risk in today's volatile market. Today we're joined by Ryland, who's the Vice President of Foreign Exchange at Airwallex. Airwallex have built a platform for businesses to take the pain and complexity out of making international payments. Ryland, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Hi Ben, thanks for having me and uh, thanks for the opportunity to have a chat to your listeners today. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so Ryland, uh, obviously COVID-19 has uh, caused many disruptions for businesses all over the world um, over the past few months. Uh, most people are obviously stuck working from home um, and it's caused so much volatility in foreign exchange markets over the past weeks and months. Uh, so today I wanted to give our listeners some insight into what you see happening and how they can look to manage their foreign exchange risk in their businesses. Um, so for buyers and sellers around the world today, uh, the process typically starts with buyers and sellers negotiating on performer invoices and sales contracts for the products to be supplied. And then the buyers have to look to make those international payments to their suppliers. Uh, so, so to start off with, um, can you tell me a bit about uh, Airwallex and how it uh, helps businesses to manage their international payments? Yeah, sure. So Airwallex is uh, first and foremost a, uh, a technology company. Uh, we've been around for, for three or four years now. Um, and what we're doing and what we're targeting is building an end-to-end uh, financial services platform that will help businesses um, of all sizes uh, to scale globally into, into new markets. Yep. Um, most of our customers in terms of the verticals that they operate in uh, are across e-commerce and, and marketplaces, uh, travel, education and logistics. Uh, most of our customer base at the moment uh, is based out of uh, Australia, Hong Kong, uh, the UK and the EU uh, and the US as well. Uh, but all of those customers have, uh, have a global presence uh, and they operate mostly out of jurisdictions across Southeast Asia, uh, like Malaysia, the Philippines uh, and Thailand. Uh, we have customers operating out of, out of uh, North Asia as well, including China, uh, Japan and Korea, uh, and right throughout Europe and North America as well. So uh, in short, what we're looking to do uh, is, is have a very simple and intuitive platform uh, that can help businesses to easily uh, collect funds from, from their customers, uh, convert it into a currency of their choosing, um, but also to be able to make payments to suppliers as well. So really capturing that end-to-end -end, uh, financial services flow. Uh, we want to make it really quick and easy for customers to quickly scale up in those new jurisdictions mm. um, and to get operating really, really quickly. Um, and to do it in a way that um, is really easy for them to do as well using our modern, modern, uh, modern technology. Um, traditionally, what we see uh, from, from banking partners in, in, uh, when they're looking to help uh, their customers scale into new into new jurisdictions is is that onboarding and getting accounts even in new jurisdictions yeah. can be a very lengthy process yeah um, and involve long onboarding periods um, and you know a lot of paper forms that sort of thing and mm. and we're trying to take that pain and that heartache away from businesses as well absolutely well that that can only be a good thing nobody likes uh, the paperwork so no um, not at all so uh, can, you, can you tell me what you've seen happening in uh, foreign uh, currency markets over the past weeks and months and uh, what sort of impact that's actually having on currency exchange rates? Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously a word that's been uh, used 
a lot uh, during uh, COVID-19 crisis has, has been the word unprecedented. And, and that's certainly what we've seen in financial markets, but mm. um, foreign exchange markets specifically. Uh, in terms of volatility, which is um, how frequently and, and how much uh, foreign exchange prices move, uh, we were seeing at a global level across all the different currencies, literally all time lows in, in volatility uh, mm. through the early part of the year and in early January. Um, and, and that was obviously almost unprecedented in terms mm. of the levels of low volatility. So there was very much a low risk factor there for, for businesses where they were operating across uh, and, and needing to convert funds. Uh, but literally within a two-week window uh, in, in the early part of March and through to mid, mid to late-ish March, uh, we reached levels not seen since the GFC. So we, we saw a very rapid spike in, uh, in, in foreign exchange volatility. Mm. Uh, using Aussie dollar against US dollar as, as an example, uh, we saw the value of one Australian dollar uh, fall from around 66 US cents uh, down to 57 US cents in a very short space of time within a two-week window. Um, mm. That was a more than 13% drop. Uh, and literally within a very short space of time on the other side of that, it had bounced back to around 63 uh, US cents in that, uh, in that same, in a very similar period. Um, mm. And so it's bounced 10% off back off of those lows. Uh, the impact for, for your listeners where they, where they are operating across borders and across, across different currencies uh, is that, uh, when you see those periods of high volatility, if they if they haven't had a risk management strategy in place, um, is that that very quickly can erode any profit margin. You know, mm. um, if you are running on relatively narrow margins, 10, 10%, 13%, it, it can erode that very, very quickly. So that's something that businesses need to be conscious yeah. of. Yeah, no, there are definitely such large fluctuations in a short period of time. Um, Businesses need to be aware of some strategies or at least have, have a look into some strategies that they can implement to, to minimize that risk because, yeah, there are quite a lot of businesses that, that do work on low margin and uh, it's yep. quite important to understand that. So um, I guess it's quite hard to, to answer, but, I mean, how, how long do you expect uh, this period of uh, uncertainty to, to exist for? Yeah, I think uh, that's something that markets around the world have been trying trying to establish and trying to trying to work out. Yeah. Um, uh, forecasting FX is is an incredibly challenging thing to do. There are so many uh, inputs into why a currency rate happens to move around. Mm. Um, so so yeah, that that's a, a real challenge in terms of in terms of forecasting um, FX prices into the future. Mm. Uh, but what we have seen. Uh, in markets um, is massive central bank intervention, whether it be from the US Fed, uh, whether it be from the RBA or the Bank of England or the Bank of Canada. Um, and they have been um, effectively throwing huge amounts of cash at this particular mm. problem. Mm. Um, uh, and, and they've intervened in a size that hasn't been, again, seen before, uh, you know, and certainly in, in larger in scope than, um, than the interventions that were made through the global financial crisis back in 2008 as well. Uh, we've also obviously seen from many governments around the world, uh, fiscal intervention as well. So um, governments are throwing again, you know, cash at businesses and at individuals, yeah. um, trying to stabilize um, their, their respective economies. So um, what we've seen is that has brought some stability to markets. Um, and certainly the volatility has, dro has dropped away um, probably over the last two to three weeks. Um, oil markets aside, as, we, as we've seen over the past 
uh, past couple of past uh, week or so, there's been obviously some large fluctuations in oil markets. Yeah. Um, and I think what we will see is periods of volatility in different financial products and financial markets um, mm. as, as we progress through this as well. But um, uh, I think as markets and as economies start to open up again, which is what we're seeing uh, at the moment, there's a lot of talk over, over relaxing some of these social distancing uh, measures in in lots of different uh, jurisdictions around the world, then markets will will slowly um, you know come back to normal over time. But it's certainly going to be going to be here and and with us for a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's uh, challenging times, but uh, hopefully things things start to to get a bit more stable into the future. Um, who who knows how long that will take? But it's uh, yeah, interesting times. Um, can, can you give our listeners? Uh, some typical examples of how importers and exporters uh, are typically exposed to that foreign exchange risk in, in their day-to-day activities? Yeah, sure. I can give uh, probably a, a couple of different examples, one yeah. from, uh, from an importer point of view and one from an exporter, just to kind of highlight um, how those foreign currency moves can, can impact on, on a business uh, that's operating on both sides in a, in a different way. Yeah. Uh, so using our, again, our Australian dollar to US dollar example um, and, and that period of high volatility that we saw a few weeks ago. Um, so where one of your listeners has an Australian-based business um, and they're importing goods from the, from the US, so they're an Australian-based importer, um, importing and, 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 and buying goods from a US-based exporter. Um, so that's the example we'll, t- we'll talk about up front. Uh, the US-based exporter uh, provides an invoice that's uh, in US dollars for, for 10,000 US dollars. Um, now, that Australian-based importer is going to need to convert Australian dollars to US dollars in order to pay that, uh, that particular invoice. Mm-hmm. So uh, using, our, using our previous example, uh, if the uh, Australian importer uh, converted at 66 US cents, uh, that would cost them Australian dollars, 15,150 Australian dollars, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at 57 cents, you know, two weeks later, um, that would cost them actually um, over 17,500 Australian dollars. So yeah. um, it would actually cost that Australian importer uh, in Australian dollar terms, um, close to $2,500 more um, to, to pay for that invoice. Um, and that's the erosion of, of, of potentially of, the, of their profit margin. Um, so that's the, a large impact there to that business when they start to see, um, that Australian dollar rate in this example fall away. Uh, the opposing side to, to this same example, uh, would be again, an Australian based business, but they are exporting goods to the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have a U.S. based importer, um, and, and they'll be looking to buy, um, Australian goods from the, from the Australian based exporter. Uh, so for the purposes of simplicity, we'll, we'll assume again that, uh, that Australian based business or Australian based exporter, um, is going to be, um, that the contract's going to be in, in us dollars. Uh, and so 10,000, uh, us dollar equivalent. So in this scenario, the Australian based exporter is going to need to convert back to Australian dollars, uh, the revenue that they've generated in, in us dollar equivalent. Uh, so in this example, uh, at 66 cents, they're going to receive, uh, in revenue, uh, when they convert back, um, Australian dollar, 15,150, um, and at 57 cents, um, they're actually better off. Um, they'd be receiving 17,550 in Australian dollar equivalent. 
um, for that same contract. Um, so they're actually better off. Uh, so you can see that for an Australia-based exporter in this example, a decreasing uh, a decreasing AUD USD rate is actually better for for their business from a from a revenue perspective. Um, alternatively, um, you may find that that Australian-based exporter um, has issued their in their invoice in in Australian dollars. So if they'd done that, then obviously in that scenario, from a revenue perspective in Australian dollar terms, they're not at risk. Mm. Um, and that puts the risk back onto, onto the US-based uh, importer um, because it's gonna cost them more in US dollars. So at the end of the day, with a lot of this stuff, it's who ends up holding the can uh, from, a, um, from a foreign exchange risk perspective in terms of you know, who, who actually has to uh, do the conversion to repatriate funds or, or to convert funds to, to make a payment. Um, but the, the short um, yeah, kind of wrap up to, the, to this point is that um, regardless of whether um, fund, you know, you're, you're in a better position because you're an importer or an exporter in terms of the, the trend of an exchange rate, it's all foreign exchange risk. Um, and, and by not managing it, you're effectively making a bet um, on the exchange rate. Um, and that can, as I mentioned you know, earlier, forecasting those rates is exceedingly difficult. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're not risk managing it, then you're effectively making a bet that could go, could go wrong uh, for your business. It could go right, but equally, you know, it could go wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, yeah, it's important. Uh, yeah, I guess sometimes it's easy to keep going ahead with your day-to-day -day operations, uh, assuming yep. that things are, are the same. It's important to understand, like you said, who, who carries that risk in the, in the currency exchange. Um, and if it's yourself, well, then what are some things that, you know, you can do to, to try to minimize that? Um, because it does have a, a quite a big impact to a business's profit margins at their bottom line. So, um, right. yep. so, so what are some of the ways that uh, importers and exporters can actually manage their foreign exchange risk during this period of uncertainty? Yeah, sure. Um, most of, uh, I guess the traditional way that, uh, importers and exporters would, would manage uh, foreign exchange risk would be uh, usually there is a period of time between uh, when the when the contract is signed and, mm. and it's agreed what is going to be paid um, yeah. and and when the goods are delivered and when the payment's actually due. So uh, the way traditionally that people would manage the risk of the rate moving between the time of contract signing and the payment uh, being, being due uh, is by using uh, a foreign exchange forward um, products. So uh, what that um, allows you to do uh, is to enter into a, a foreign exchange forward contract at the point when the original contract is signed um, and to effectively lock in a rate for, let's just, at, for an example's purpose, 30 days later, the payment's due. Yeah. Um, so what you're doing by uh, entering into a forward contract is saying, um, I want to lock in the rate uh, between the US dollar invoice and, and how much is, is due in 30 days um, and locking in at this point in time, how much Australian dollars um, I need to pay uh, to receive that equivalent amount of US dollars in 30 days time. Um, so it's very much a, a risk management tool. Um, you're not trying to beat the market or, or anything yeah. like that. All you're yeah. saying is I'm locking in my rate right now um, so that I know in 30 days time exactly how much um, Australian dollars I need to pay um, for uh, for the, that US dollars uh, in order to pay my supplier. Mm. Um, so obviously at the end of that 30 day period, 
uh, underlying exchange rates are, are continually moving around and um, you know, it may be in, it may have moved against you or it may have moved for you, but yeah, uh, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a, it's a risk management tool um, that allows, uh, that gives businesses greater certainty over their cash flows into the future. So um, that's a very traditional way uh, that, that, uh, that businesses typically manage uh, that foreign exchange risk uh, for that period of time between contract signing and, uh, and when the payment's due. Um, I think what it's important and we've kind of touched on it so far as well is, is for businesses to be, um, I guess, aware of, of natural hedges that exist within their, within their businesses as well. So um, where you may have revenue generating activities, but also costs, uh, in a in a specific jurisdiction and a specific currency, then utilizing um, you know cash flow management tools and and uh, transaction banking tools that allow you to um, better take advantage of those natural hedges uh, that exists in a in a in a in a business's workflows. Um, and what I mean by that is um, you know rather than converting uh, foreign denominated revenue back into your local currency and then converting it back again at a potentially different rate uh, at a different time in the future yeah. uh, to, to pay out costs, then you know, potentially just leaving those, some of that revenue uh, locally uh, so that you're not having to convert it back and pay fees on that and then convert it back and, and be exposed uh, to foreign exchange risk along the way. So Airwallex has, has, a, has a product, uh, our global accounts product, uh, and that can help businesses with, the, with, it, with their cash flow management, for example. So, um, you can receive US dollars into a US dollar account that uh, we can spin up for you um, at, the, at the click of a button. Um, and then that can subsequently be used for, for US dollar payouts uh, in the US, whether it be for marketing or sales or tax or whatever it happens to be. Um, so that way um, you only convert and repatriate back to your local jurisdiction what you need. Um, there's also, uh, I guess, another scenario, even, even where you've got, uh, revenue in one jurisdiction and costs in another, and then you've got your local jurisdiction. So you're working with three now. Yeah. Um, then you know, out this particular um, product or, or cash flow management strategy as well may allow customers to uh, again receive US dollar revenue, um, have it um, received and, and stored locally in a US dollar account in the US, um, and instead of repatriating back to your local jurisdiction and then converting into a third jurisdiction to pay out your supplier, you can go straight from US dollars into Korean won or to Japanese yen or whatever it happens to be in terms of where you're, where you're needing to pay your suppliers. So um, again, that kind of cuts down on your, on your costs um, and reduces, uh, reduces the risk of you uh, needing to be converting across multiple, you know, more than one currency um, and really streamlining that cash flow management um, can, can be a key tool for, for customers as well. Um, mm. And that, I guess, brings me to, to my last point, is that when you do need to convert, um, obviously trying to make sure that you're uh, converting at the best possible rates that you, that you can. So um, at Air Wallets, we're, we're very focused on uh, bringing the sharpest possible rates and the best possible rates that we can um, together for, for our customer base. Um, there is margin squeeze right across the industry. Um, but I think depending on the relationship with a, with a business's bank, um, you know, spreads can be still quite wide. Um, and that's something that I think, um, you know, is a very easy win for, for businesses as well is to, you know, really understand what rates they're getting executed at um, and how close to the real market rate uh, yeah. are those rates in, in yeah. reality. So, yeah. um, 
you know, at Airwards, we're, we're very, very focused on um, getting the best possible rate from the market um, and working with the biggest banks to make sure that we're bringing the best possible rate to our customer base as well. So I think that's, uh, that's an, another key way that people can, can better manage that, that risk is by reducing the costs of, of FX. And they can do that by making sure they're getting executed at a really sharp rate. Um, and also it, the cash management tools and workflows that, that, that we spoke about earlier as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I think, uh, you know, in the past, a lot of these, these actions and a lot of these tools, um, you know, have been quite complex and, and um, you know, mostly available to, to larger businesses and, and quite hard to get, to get set up in the beginning and start uh, collecting or converting straight away. Whereas uh, it sounds like Airwalks sort of gives a quite an easy solution for, for businesses of all sizes to, to, to be, you know, to give them the power to do all of these things and, and to do them well. So um, can you tell me a bit about the, the typical process um, that's involved for, for a new business or a business to get set up um, and using the Airwallex system? Absolutely. So, uh, so the sign up process was, was really important to us. Mm. Uh, we want to, we want to make it as simple and, and easy to use as possible. Mm. Um, and as streamlined as possible. It's, uh, the first interaction with one of our customers and, and uh, that onboarding and know your customer, you know, it is a, a regulated area. So it, uh, yeah. there are, you know, minimum requirements to, to, to get a, an account set up. But at the same time, we have made it as simple and easy as, as it possibly can. It's all online. There's no paper forms or branch visits or anything like that. Mm. Um, and it's free to do so. So uh, there's no setup. There's no monthly fees. Um, the majority of our customers where they've got a relatively simple corporate structure um, can get started with their company registration number um, and, and associated details uh, and, um, you know, copies of the IDs of, of significant shareholders or, or beneficiary owners as well. So um, the majority of our customers that have a relatively simple corporate structure can be signed up and ready to go within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, once the sign up is, is complete, um, then you can obviously get access to one of, to a domestic business account, um, but also accounts at the click of a button right throughout the U S and the UK and, and, and Europe as well, mm. uh, without having to go through that painful process of applying for an account, um, in each country that you might want to transact in, yeah. uh, which is, I guess, the more common practice traditionally, um, yeah. amongst banks, um, is certainly for those, um, regional and global banks. Uh, which is, you know, that's the other challenge as well, is that certainly once an organisation is is too small, I guess, for, for one of those global or regional banks, um, then it's very hard to, to get access to these sorts of capabilities in terms of opening accounts uh, yeah. in these jurisdictions. But even for a business that's large, um, where they might want to open a new account, uh, traditionally that would involve an onboarding process with mm. the local bank's branch or, or yeah. entity in that jurisdiction and you have to follow the onboarding process all over again yeah. whether it's yeah. the uk the europe us australia singapore hong kong it doesn't matter you'll need to go through that onboarding process again uh whereas for us it's you know we concentrate very hard on onboarding once um mm. and then allowing you to to get access to the account structures that you need and the capabilities that you need to uh to get into a, a, a jurisdiction and get operating as quickly as you possibly can uh additional capability that you'll have on the platform is obviously uh, in my domain around being able to obviously instantly view 
uh, currency exchange rates, yeah. um, being able to do book conversions, very simple kind of UI um, um, and, uh, and, and payments as well. Um, and then uh, what we've got, uh, and uh, what the final product that's kind of gone live in the last quarter, it's Australia only, unfortunately at the moment, but we are looking to expand it across other jurisdictions as well, um, yeah. is our virtual card product. So um, users with just a couple of clicks can um, spin up a virtual um, Visa card Mm. Um, and be able to use that. It's a natively multi-currency product um, and can be using that to make payments uh, all around the world if they don't want, want to be making either a swift payment or, or, or a local payment into that jurisdiction. Um, so, uh, yeah, they get all of, the, all of that access right across uh, collecting funds mm. into, into uh, locally domiciled accounts all the way through to conversion. And, uh, yeah, we're increasing our, uh, our, our method to pay out as well. So, um, and... We update the platform all the time. Yeah. Uh, we've got a very deep roadmap of, of customer-facing features that we want to bring uh, to market over the coming years. Um, and it's, as I say, all around being intuitive, easy to use, um, mm. and, speed, and, and speed as well. So, yeah, that's uh, certainly what we're focused on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's all about removing the barriers, as you say, to getting started. And uh, take sounds like you guys, uh, your team has taken you know, quite a traditionally complex processes uh, in so many ways and, and just made them easy and accessible and, and quick to get started. So yeah, that's, um, that's great to hear. Um, okay, great. Well, well uh, look, I appreciate your time, Roland. I think, uh, you know, you've given uh, our listeners uh, some good insight into sort of what's happening in the market uh, today. It's, it's definitely quite a, a volatile market um, businesses they, they need to be aware of uh, different strategies they can put in place to minimize their risk um, because yeah it can really affect uh, their bottom line so I uh, really appreciate your time um, thank, thanks for your insight and um, yeah keep up the good work fantastic thanks to uh, thanks to you Ben and uh, thanks for your time today no problem thanks <laughs>